You're listening to the Josh Parnell Leadership Podcast. We all have leadership within us. And once we understand how to challenge perceived limitations, we're able to influence those we're leading. Josh is a leadership coach, trainer, and speaker. He's also a veteran of the United States Air Force with over 20 years of leadership experience. Are you ready to transform your leadership skills by tapping into unrecognized potential to achieve limitless results? Let's get ready for liftoff. It's time to go from great to greater. Here's Josh in today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Josh Parnell Leadership Podcast. I'm excited to be with you today, and I'm honored that you're tuning in yet again. As always, if you like this episode, be sure to share it with your friends and family, and don't forget to subscribe so you never miss another episode. Also, be sure to subscribe to my weekly newsletter where you'll find podcast show notes, training updates, and leadership content that you might find beneficial. So I'd love to see you there on our weekly newsletter. Also, exciting announcement for this week and beyond, that is, uh, moving forward, every podcast is going to be on YouTube. So we're going we're gonna to record the podcast uh, on video and, of course, audio where you're hearing it now, but it will be on YouTube. You can find the link to the YouTube channel in my weekly newsletter, um, which, by the way, if you go to my website, thebeardedleader.com, thebeardedleader.com, you will find links to all of what I am sharing. So hope to see you there on YouTube as well as other social media channels. Now, let's get into today's episode because we're going to cover a topic today that I believe not only every leader needs to hear, but truly every person needs to hear because learning how to effectively delegate, establish boundaries, and cast a vision is something that everyone can benefit from. So that's right, folks, we're talking about casting a vision, establishing boundaries, and most importantly today, effective delegation. That is the namesake for this episode, effective delegation. And as a leadership coach, I can tell you that one of the biggest opportunity areas that I see too often is a misunderstanding of how to effectively delegate. So today we're going to do a deep dive on the why, the how, and everything in between as it relates to delegation. So let's begin with this question of why don't we delegate to begin with? There are a number of reasons why some of us often tend to uh, avoid delegation. And it may be something along the lines of trust. Trust is one that is is often uh, one of the bigger ones. Hey, why don't we delegate something? Well, I, tr- I truly don't trust that the job is going to get done the way it's supposed to, to be done, right? And so then we start asking other questions. Well, how is it supposed to be done? Well, it's supposed to be my- done my way, right? Because my way is the best way and the best way is the right way. And I hear you and I get it. But when we don't delegate and when we don't delegate effectively, we are stunting the growth and development of everyone in our charge. And so delegation is quite honestly crucial to your success and your team's success. So it is important that we are regularly delegating on an effective basis, but let's talk about why we don't do it and then also ways that we can do it. Of course, the benefit we just learned is for the growth and development of everyone involved in the process. But keep in mind, if I say that we don't delegate because we don't trust somebody, don't forget you hired this person for a reason. You hired this person to to do to carry out the responsibilities, the day-to-day, and also be able to uh, move the mission towards the vision that you casted. So part of the reason that you are creating a vision, casting a vision, is you also want to have a, a mission and a mission statement paired with it. You're hiring someone and they're proving themselves in the interview process. And after they hire them, after they're hired, it's about job performance, right? And so 
we are giving them tasks and responsibilities, primarily responsibilities uh, through delegation, when it's about job performance. And you as a leader can set them up for success by preparing them accordingly. Because when the pressure is on, we don't rise to the pressure. We fall to our highest level of preparation. But you prepared yourself by hiring the right person. And the right person is a CIA member. A CIA member is someone who is coachable, intelligent, and who has a good attitude, a positive attitude, an attitude that's going to drive the mission towards that vision that you, the leader, casted. So when we're talking about someone who's coachable, I'm talking about someone who always thinks like a rookie, someone who is a lifelong learner, someone who recognizes that I have blind spots, someone who recognizes, hey, I need someone to to teach me and share with me and invest in me and coach me on the blind spots that I have. I'm going to receive coaching as feedback, not as criticism, condemnation, and judgment, because I know that I have blind spots. And so I want to be able to, to learn how can I improve? How can I better myself? How can I be coachable? It's by receiving feedback as feedback. And then I is intelligent. And I'm not necessarily talking about book smarts here. I'm talking about emotional intelligence, recognizing the importance of emotional intelligence and emotional maturity, emotional regulation. Emotional maturity is having feelings, but not letting our feelings have us. And so being able to exercise some emotional maturity, some emotional regulation. How many of you struggle with emotional regulation? Being able to 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 manage your high emotions in in the heat of something, right? When emotion is high, logic is low. And oftentimes we make decisions based on emotion but we typically take action based on conviction. And we want to make sure that, that the actions we're taking are conducive to a healthy, uh, uh, a healthy response. And so again, I'll say it again, when emotion is high, logic is low. One way that we can exercise some emotional regulation is by implementing the three Ps. The three Ps is to simply pause, then process, and then pivot. So pause, take a breath, assess the situation, by processing, taking a breath, processing, and then pivoting. When we can process, we can oftentimes gain a different perspective on the situation. And we know that with perspective, the way that we view things drives the way that we do things. And oftentimes with perspective comes clarity and direction. And when we get clarity and direction through processing, we're able to pivot accordingly. This helps us uh, regulate our emotions. So we can implement some emotional maturity. We know how to handle emotional regulation, but, Im- but the I in CIA is intelligence, emotional intelligence, recognizing the importance of situational awareness and self-awareness, recognizing that if I'm working with somebody, to th- somebody today, if I'm on a phone call, if I'm, if, if I'm working with somebody who is, is going through something and they're upset about something, they're sad about something, how can I exercise some empathy in this situation? Assessing the situation, recognizing what it needs, what it calls for, and then acting accordingly. And the A, of course, is attitude. We have C for coachable, I for intelligent, and A for attitude. We're talking about our CIA members. And one of my favorite quotes from Zig Ziglar about attitude, he says, your attitude, not your aptitude, will determine your altitude. And anytime we know that someone uh, um, with a bad attitude is on our team, that that is that is a recipe for disaster because uh, we know that, that one person can't make a team, but one person can certainly break a team. And we know that one bad apple can ruin a bunch. So we want to make sure that we are surrounding ourselves with CIA members, people who are coachable, people 
recognize the importance and 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 can understand why uh, intelligence and emotional intelligence plays a factor and also A for attitude. There are two things that we can control every day in our life. It's our attitude and our effort. So even in negative situations, I'm not saying it's easy, but it's certainly possible to always choose positivity because it's simply a choice. And on a day when when and every, it seems like everything is going wrong and we're having a really tough day, don't forget that we can still choose positivity. We're going to have, you know, not every day is going to be a good day, but we can find the good in every day. And, and I not truly believe that. And the second thing, as I mentioned, in terms of what we can control every day outside of our attitude is our effort. We can choose to provide maximum effort in everything that we do. And I want to make sure I'm clarifying something when I say uh, effort, because for a lot of us, that doesn't mean that we're giving, that we're giving 100 every day, right? We're, we're going to show up to work. We're going to show up for our family. We're going to show up and wherever we're at, we're showing up for people um, and showing up for the situation. But, but we might not be able to give 100 every single day. And, and, and I'll say this, on those days when we're, it's, it's a tough day, on those days that, that maybe we're not feeling uh, 100%, maybe we're under the weather, if you can give 80, give 80. But on the days that you can give 100 and you give 80, then you're missing the mark. And we're, we're not capturing the opportunity to, to completely be a CIA member. So I'm, I'm, I'm rabbit trailed big time on that one, but I, but I want to talk about the importance of hiring the right people because when you delegate to them, you can trust that they can get the job done. They can get the job done. So other reasons why we might not choose to delegate, um, it's because I, I said it earlier, you know, our, well, hey, our way is the best way and nobody can do it better than we can. That, that's a mentality that a lot of us have that we need to shift because yes, you know, when you, when you start something and, and you bring someone on who doesn't know the, the, the correct way, quote unquote, yet, um, or, or they're not familiar with the process yet, yeah, initially our way probably is the best way, right? But multiple minds are better than one. And we want to make sure that we can grow and develop people um, uh, uh, accordingly. And so when, when, we can, when we can delegate something to somebody and allow them to champion it, to empower them, to grow and develop them through empowerment, that is a that that is the, that is a, one of the marks of an incredible leader because you are choosing to serve them by empowering them. This is servant leadership where we are truly working for our team members. We hire a CIA member, but we work for our CIA member because the the, the name of the game is growth and development. And so, other ways that we might not uh, delegate, maybe it's, it's the complete opposite of of our way is the best way. Maybe it's like, hey, you know, what? I just don't feel like uh, it, it would be right for me to give this person this task or responsibility. I don't feel comfortable um, asking someone to clean the bathrooms or to mop the floor. I don't feel comfortable asking them to do something because I'm assuming that they're not going to enjoy it or they're not going to like it or they're not going to want to do it. And I get it. We want to serve people. We want to take care of people. We want to love people that we're working with. But at the end of the day, a job has to get done. And believe it or not, there are some people out there who want to do things that you don't want to do. There are a lot of people out there who are created much differently than, than you who, who say, hey, I want this particular role or responsibility or task or job. I want this. Th this is something I find joy in. This is something I find value in. And so it, it, you, we, we want to avoid making those assumptions because we truly don't know uh, what we don't know. And so when we, can, when we can focus on the end in mind, which is one of the seven habits of highly effective people by Stephen Covey, 
we're able to stay focused on the goal, stay focused on the result we're trying to achieve. And we have an entire team of people with different strengths, different weaknesses or opportunity areas. Opportunity areas is a PC word for weakness. We have different strengths, different opportunity areas on an incredible team, all of which play a vital role on the mission moving towards the vision. So another reason why we may not want to delegate time. Time is a big one. I simply don't have the time to invest uh, into teaching someone how to do X, Y, or Z, right? Uh, it, it feels like it's going to take too much time. I might as well just jump in there and get it done myself. But you know that, that goes back to the old adage of give a man to fish, he'll eat for a day. Teach a man to fish and he'll eat for a lifetime. And, and I go back to the idea of how we, we, we're doing this for the sake of growth and development to begin with. So yes, a lot of us are going to say that we don't quote unquote have the time, but how many of us are actually making the time? Studies show that it's, it's something around 10 times where if you were to invest uh, uh, the time into uh, pouring into showing someone how to, to, to do uh, the responsibility and teaching someone how to do something, you can save up to 10 times of time in, uh, in the long run. But the hard part for us to do is to, to stay focused on the end in mind. We get so caught up on the here and the now. Well, right now, right, you know, right here, right now, I need to do this because this is urgent, it's important, and I don't have time to, to teach somebody. My encouragement is when there is something that is not quite as urgent, when we don't wait for something to be as urgent or when, when it's not uh, um, it, it, in, a, in a time crunch, I would encourage you to do everything you can to manage your time effectively to teach those in your charge how to do this job. And you can use the 70% rule. If they can do it 70% as well as you can, then delegate it. And I'll tell you this, that's kind of a common a common uh, rule uh, as it relates to delegation is 70%. I, I like to think it's even uh, lower than that. I would go 50%. If someone can do it half as well as I can, I'm gonna delegate it to them. Because remember, I hired a CIA member. I hired someone who's coachable, who's intelligent, and who has a good attitude. The content can be taught. The connection, the attitude, the coachability, a lot of that, those are intangibles that often can't be taught. And if they can, it, does it typically does take more time uh, than, than, than content. Content and processes, those things can be taught. And so in my opinion, I would exercise the 50% rule. If someone can do it at least 50% of the way that I can or half Half as, half as well as I can, I'm going to delegate it to them. This is one of the most common pitfalls that I see uh, with, with a lot of my clients, and that is they are transitioning from a high-performing team member to a coach. They're someone who is a stud athlete in the role that they've been in, but they're transitioning into a formal leadership role, and they struggle to want to delegate or feel like they uh, can trust the person that they're trying to delegate something to. Rather, they instead just jump in and save the day and come to the rescue. And that's, that's great. You know, when you're showing someone how to do something, that's, that's fantastic. But imagine if you are uh, a, 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 great, a great basketball player, right? You're a great basketball player and you are expected to, you know, you were, you were drafted on the team and the, the expectation is you're going to be the next all-star on this basketball team. And you happen to get drafted by, uh, let's call it the Lakers. And I know I'm going to get some haters here, but I'm going to use LeBron as an example. So let's just say, hey, LeBron's been doing it a long time. 
I'm not saying he's the GOAT, all right? I want to make sure I'm very clear. We all know that Michael Jordan is the GOAT. But for this analogy, for, a, for an active player, I'm going to use LeBron James in this situation. So let's say uh, you get drafted by the Lakers and you know the Lakers organization is, is saying, hey, you're going to be the next stud athlete. You're going to be the next all-star. You're going to be the next LeBron James on our basketball team. And so you get drafted onto the team and the hope is that you're able to uh, to to help carry the team, uh, you know, hopefully you are championed. You, you are championed with something to help grow and develop your team. But instead, you just see LeBron doing all the all the work. LeBron's getting all the accolades. LeBron is just doing his thing, and you're just on the sidelines over and over again. And it's cool to see somebody who does really well at their job, who who's mastered their craft. Uh, again, I might get haters for that because some people will say that he hasn't mastered his craft. But anyway, as I as I move on, you're you're just on the sidelines with LeBron, but the opportunity is if he is sharing the ball, if he's getting some assist, and he and you're getting some buckets, and you guys are learning and growing together, and he's helping you develop and grow uh, into the stud athlete that you were destined to be. This is an opportunity that a lot of people uh, uh, miss. We, we we miss this opportunity because we struggle. From going to from going from athlete to coach, and the opportunity lies in this J curve. And I've shared this J curve before, but a lot of us, when we when we navigate from athlete to coach, the biggest challenge that we have is truly just stepping back and trusting, trusting our team. Is it going to be done differently than we would do, than we would do it? hundred uh, percent. Our mistakes going to be made one hundred percent. Our failure is going to occur, possibly. But remember, we've heard the phrase failure is not an option. I would encourage you to get that phrase out of your vocabulary because failure is truly a necessity. If we're not failing, we're not learning. And if we're not learning, we're not growing. And if we're going to grow through anything, we've got to be willing to go through anything. And some of us need to go through the J-curve as it relates to, to delegation because we give somebody some tasks and truly we're not even giving them tasks. I want to, I want, I want to say this again. We're giving them responsibility. Responsibility is what grows and develops them. Giving them a task, yeah, that's great because it's part of the, the, the mission that we're trying to drive towards the vision. But at the end of the day, delegation is about giving someone responsibility. It's giving them the opportunity to show up and show out and giving them the chance to rise up to the level of leader that they were destined to be. So when we're going through the J curve, we had this letter J and we're on the low end of the letter J right now, right? So you have two ends of the J, you got the high, the high end and the lower end. And on the lower end, this is where we're at right now. And we are giving someone a responsibility. And as we give them the responsibility, they're going to start doing steps towards the results that we're trying to achieve. They're going to start taking their own steps to achieve these results. And and the mistake that we make is we give them a responsibility and then we tell them what steps to take. I'm going to dive into this here, in, a, here in, uh, in just a second as to why we don't want to do this. But I want to walk through the J-curve a little bit more, and then we're going to get into the, 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 the nitty-gritty of it. So we're going to give them the step. We're going to give them the, the, the result, the goal. We know what the end in mind is. We both collectively understand and we're aligned on what the result is that we're trying to achieve. That person is going to be taking their own steps in order to get to said result. What we need to learn how to do is simply back up. We're there for them, to support them, to serve them, to answer any questions they might have, 
to provide some direction and support, but let them champion this. This is their baby now. We have, give, we, we have given that baby to them. This is their baby. Let, let this baby grow some legs and, and we can revisit the, um, the process um, at, at our next meeting. And I'm going to talk about the importance of meetings here in just a second, but we want to make sure that we can implement the 70% rule, or as I like to call it, I'll call it the 50% the 50 rule, um, and then recognize the importance of transitioning from athlete to coach. So I'm going to dive into this here in a second. But before I do, let's get into five bullet points of delegation. So there are five bullet points of delegation that I want to cover. We just talked about why we don't delegate or why we choose not to delegate. Now let's talk about five bullet points on delegation. Beginning with number one, know the difference between delegating and dumping. Know your audience. Know your audience. You want to make sure that when you delegate something, you're delegating it to someone who this particular task or responsibility or job suits their strengths. You hire a team of people and every person is different. Every person has a lot of value. Every person has perspective, which means they have the ability to influence those around them. And it means they have the ability to affect change. Part of the change comes from them being able to champion something that you delegated. So we give them a task or responsibility, but we have to make sure that we recognize who they are. Know your audience and give people the right task based on the right skill set. This is, this is the concept of situational leadership. When we're adapting to the needs of the situation, and we're also adapting to the needs and the abilities of those that we're leading. So recognize, you know, know your audience. But going back to delegation versus dumping, we don't want to give somebody a task that we don't want to do just because we don't want to do it. That's, that's truly dumping. And that is not, that's not conducive to the growth and development of anybody involved, including yourself. And so when we're delegating something, we're delegating something that uh, this might be something that you really want to do, you really love to do. And it might be something that is, is vital to the mission. But when you hired someone, you hired someone who is capable, competent, and confident to do the job, let them do it. Unload some things off of your plate by delegating effectively. Because the moment you can say, uh, hey, this is yours, you can now focus your efforts and attention onto something else to grow and develop. And so all of a sudden you have a, a, a team of people who are working on different tasks, different responsibilities, different jobs, but all of you are moving the mission towards the vision that you casted uh, in the beginning of the process. But uh, the, so, so the number one, the number one uh, bullet point is know the difference between delegation and dumping. Number two, I shared this earlier, we're not giving them tasks, we're giving them responsibility. This is empowerment. Let them champion something. Let them champion something. Now, when you empower them, when you delegate, you want to be very clear and direct. The two things that every person needs in any relationship, whether it be personally or professionally, but especially professionally, is clarity and direction. We have to provide clarity and direction. So, so, so uh, excuse me, set very clear expectations and standards on how a goal should be approached. The third bullet point is, is this. When we're delegating something, I'm, I'm going to break this up into two different categories. So let's just, let's just say that we personally are trying to set goals for ourselves. Okay. I'll get to the delegation part here in a second, but we're, we're right now we're setting goals for ourselves. We're trying to, uh, to, to get specific results. And we know that 
what gets measured gets managed. So we're going to identify what results we're trying to achieve, what goal we're trying to, 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 to go after. And when we, when we are working to achieve these goals, our focus should be on, uh, it should, it should shift from the end in mind, which is, you know, we're shifting from the goal and from the result onto the steps that we're going to be taking in order to get to that goal. With delegation, it's the complete opposite. What we're doing is we're meeting with someone who we're, de- who we're delegating something to, and we are being very clear and direct. These are the results I want you to achieve. These are the goals we're trying to, uh, to, 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 to get to. Now, this is your baby. So you are going to be taking the steps in order to get here. Now, the mistake that we make a lot of times is we as, as leaders, we, when their focus shifts from the end in mind to the steps they take to get there, our focus shifts with them. That is a massive mistake. And here's why. If our focus shifts along with that person that we delegated the task or responsibility to, all we're doing is looking at the steps that they're taking and we're, we're nitpicking what they're doing. Oh, I wouldn't do it like that. Oh, I don't, I think that's a bad idea. Oh, I think you should do this instead. And, and, and when it comes down to it, we're just micromanaging at this point. I mean, we are truly keeping our thumb over their growth and development. We are simply micromanaging by telling them exactly how we want them to take every single step towards the, pro, towards the, the, the goal that we collectively agreed upon. So this is one of the, 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 the most challenging um, parts of, of delegation because a lot of us struggle with staying focused on the end in mind because we're, we're so scared that it's not going to get done the right way. And I'll tell you this, the first time, maybe the second time, it may not get done the right way. It may not get done the way that you are currently envisioning it, but what if it got done even better? It's a possibility. And here's how. This is where the importance of communication comes in, which is the fourth bullet point on delegation. Prioritize communication. When there's a breakdown of communication, a void gets created and oftentimes negativity fills that void. So in order to, excuse me, when, when we're prioritizing communication, we're, we're adding meetings to the process. And what I mean by this is this, when we delegate something to somebody, we're going to hold them accountable and we're going to hold them accountable through, through one-on-ones. And so I'm encouraging everyone to, uh, to begin having formal one-on-ones if you're not currently doing that. Now, I'm not suggesting, I know there's a death by meeting approach. I'm not saying have a meeting every day. I'm not saying have a meeting every week, but I would suggest this. If you recently delegated something to somebody, revisiting the process that they've taken thus far at, let's call it every other week, that's a good starting point because they're, they're likely taking specific steps that we, that we don't quite know about yet because again, it's their baby. They, they're, they're championed with this particular process. Our focus shifted elsewhere. And when we, when we visit with them during our next one-on-one, we can allow them to coach themselves first, which is the fifth bullet point. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of hover between the fourth and fifth bullet points for now. But the fifth bullet point is when we're, when we're asking them to coach themselves first. So if I gave John a responsibility about 10 days ago, we collectively agreed on the 
the vision, the mission, the goals, the results. We, we know all of the end in mind. We both agree this is the end in mind we want to get to. This is what we want to capture. This is the opportunity to capture. Now, John has been empowered to take that responsibility and take the subsequent steps that go along with it and do it his way. Now, when we visit with John, just a short time after it was delegated to him, I could ask him, John, coach yourself. What have you learned so far? What, uh, where are you at in the process right now? Uh, what are the strengths that you've identified that you're going to continue to evolve and enhance? What opportunity areas are you going to, uh, or have you learned? What changes are you going to make moving forward? Is there anything I can do to help you in this process? Let's also look at the results that we agreed upon and where we're currently at in the process and identify if we need to make any tweaks to the process up to this point. So walk me through the steps that you've taken up to this point. These are all types of conversations that we can have with, with, uh, with John. And so he can let us know where he's at, how he feels, how he's doing, what he's learned, where he's at in the process. And we can provide him some support, some direction, some clarity, some uh, ideas or information that might help him get, get to the results in a different and potentially better way. So earlier I said, imagine if you can achieve those results even better than before. The reason is because all of a sudden, multiple minds are involved in the process. And we know that multiple minds are better than one because what, what we're doing is we gave John a responsibility and he is championing this with his own mind, right? And then we're going to get involved and revisit with him every week or two or three weeks or however long you got, however long you, de you determine is necessary for the specific situation. And this is where we can provide our input and our insight and our advice and opinions and suggestions and clarifying questions and answers. So all of a sudden, multiple minds are a part of this process. But when multiple minds are better than one, it, there's, there's an actual possibility that this can be even better than how you would have done it to begin with. And here's why. If you would have done it to begin with by yourself, even though you've been doing it for a long time and you know how to do it, your way is the right way and the right way is the best way and so forth and so on. Keep in mind, it was only one mind at work. Now you have someone else who is learning and growing and developing along the way. And I'll say it again. John has perspective that I don't have. He has perspective that I don't have. And so if he has different perspective, the way that he view th views things is the way that he does things. He might start viewing things differently than I would have because maybe that's a blind spot for me. Maybe that's an opportunity area that I wasn't catching. And when he starts doing things slightly different, but still using my direction and support and guidance along the way, that's when we can really see evolution in the process, enhancement of the process. And that's when incredible things can begin to happen because we've learned how to step back, take a breath, and effectively delegate and grow people and develop people along the way. And that's when an incredible thing can start happening across a, a, a big team. And so it, it's, it's, it's an awesome thing when you're able to do it. The hard part is actually doing it. Talking about it is one thing, doing it is the other. If you're someone who you, you like to hover uh, and, and, and you're a micromanager, you may not even realize it, but you might be a, a, a micromanager by hovering constantly and keeping your thumb over the progress and process uh, that, that's, that's, um, that's moving the mission. This might be an opportunity to simply delegate and walk away.
It's not easy, but in my opinion, it's necessary. And one of the last things I'll share is this. This is about perspective. And the perspective I like to take is this. When, we, when we're not effectively delegating and we're not, when we're choosing to not delegate, we are truly robbing ourselves and our team of growth and development because we are not growing as a leader when we cannot empower someone through delegation. And we are certainly not growing and developing people in our charge by not delegating. And if we're growing as a leader, that means our team is growing because when the leader gets better, everyone gets better. And so it's vital that we are delegating and delegating effectively. So that is all I have for you folks. I hope you enjoyed this podcast episode. As a reminder, we are now on YouTube. Uh, Check out the YouTube channel by going to thebeardedleader.com. You'll find it there as well as uh, a link to my weekly newsletter uh, where again, you'll find podcast show notes for every episode of the Josh Parnell Leadership Podcast. You'll also find leadership content, training updates, and more on the weekly newsletter. And you can sign up on my website, thebeardedleader.com. Thank you for tuning in to the Josh Parnell Leadership Podcast. Have a great day, everyone. Don't forget to smile today. Tell your loved ones how much they mean to you. I'm Josh Parnell reminding you to keep leading well.